live from the beautiful Weston on Jekyll Island. Christian Gokel, so glad to have you alongside here on second down. I'm looking at Kevin Thomas just taking pictures of the ocean like an old guy does and getting ready for the Florida Georgia Legend Series 2021. We'll have so many legends on hand starting at 7 o'clock tonight. Willie McClendon, former Georgia running back, Brunswick native, Daryl DJ Jones in town as well, a member of that 1980 national championship team, Wayshawn Ely, former Georgia running back. And then on the Florida side, Carlos Alvarez, Florida's all-time leading receiver, used to catch passes from the legendary Steve Spurrier, also Jeff Chandler. He's broken many teams' heart, including Georgia fans as a kicker there. And D. Webb, a former corner for the Florida Gators as well. All of those guys, alongside our own Florida legend, Ben Troop. I mean, Cam, you should be able to see behind me the big old cutout of one Benjamin LaShawn Troop. I'm surrounded by Gators, man. Yeah, I was about to say that. You're surrounded by a lot of Gators, man. I, man, hey, just let them know what it is. We're number one in the country this year. And, you know, we, we're prepared to win this week. I, I, I'm sorry y'all had it last year, but not this year. Listen, we're here to chop it up, and it's all well and good. And at about 3.30 tomorrow, you become mortal enemies again. But really, again, just come out here starting at 7 o'clock at the Weston on Jekyll Island. We have amazing food out here, drinks, and enjoy some stories from legends from this football game. And P.J. Zuko hopping on with us here today. Guys, little over 24 hours away now. What are your feelings about this game? Go first. I'm, I'm still kind of where I was. I, I, you know, the closer you get to it, you, the more you start to believe in the energy of the, the rivalry game, a, a aesthetic, and um, just both, both teams being able to match up with each other and, and either team really have a chance to win this game. But when you look at the matchups themselves, I, I just I, I can't. I can't overwhelmingly see a, a big shot for Florida. I just if if unless Georgia comes in and you know has a bunch of turnovers and just isn't focused or something like that, which seems insane in a game and a rivalry like this, um, I, I just have that much confidence in who Georgia is right now and what what they've shown us. Now, I, I think we've all come to understand that college football is a crazy game and and in any sport you, you got to go out and play it right anything can happen on any given day and that that's why this isn't won and lost on paper it's it's won and lost on the football field so like i said the closer i get to it the more i'm like the more excited i am uh the more the, the closer i think this game might be but if if florida is going to come out and and win slash possibly dominate this game it's it's Whoa. it's in a way that I can't see right now, you know. It's in a way that that I can't really foresee. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe that's a little too simple. But I just I just see a lot. I just see a lot that favors Georgia. And I see a lot that I love about Georgia yeah. in, in this football team. And uh, you know, I, I would I would favor them in almost any opponent that that they'd go up against this year. The only one I'd really question is is if they had a chance against Alabama, and that's just because of the respect I think I, I have against Alabama. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with this football team and what I've seen from them. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to take something wild, I think, for Florida to get, to get the win. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, Cam, I, it's funny that, P, or that, yeah, that PJ mentions Alabama there because I keep thinking back to that Florida-Alabama game where they were a mixed, missed extra point away 
mm-hmm. from going to overtime with Alabama right there. Everybody keeps pointing at the LSU game. You pointed the 13 points up in uh, Kentucky, and they're saying, uh, Florida 4-3. and three. They've lost to two really good teams. Kentucky and Alabama are two really good teams. The LSU game, inexplicable, I guess is the best way to put it. The defense couldn't stop anybody yeah. in that game, but I, I just I can't get this sneaking suspicion out of my mind that Florida's going to come out there and give Georgia their best shot. Dan Mullen, what you saw last year, and obviously you have Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Toney uh, and, and Kyle Trask, but you still have Dan Mullen, and you've given him an extra week to come up with the game plan. And I know we talked to Brooks Austin, and he's saying, and he's kind of said the same thing, where Dan Mullen, amazing schemer, right? You give him time to, to work on your defense and come up with weaknesses, he can find those spots, and he's going to hit the deep ball sometimes. And last year, it wasn't Kyle Pitts that tore up Georgia. It wasn't Kadarius Toney that tore up Georgia. It was the running backs going up for over 200 yards receiving on wheel routes. What does Dan Mullen have in that bag of tricks this year? That's what has, I, I think, the collective Georgia fans worried. And now I know, for the most part, Georgia fans very confident right now in their football <laughs> team and deservedly show that defense – you talk about all the things Florida could potentially do on offense, right, where, uh, well, they could they hit the wheel routes again. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones, both amazing running the football. What are you attacking on Georgia? So I'm I, I kind of going back and forth in my mind right now, Cam, as we sit a little over a day away now from this game. Yeah, when you give Dan Mullen uh, time to prepare for any team, he's good. Like, we saw it twice against Bama this year. And then last year they gave Bama their all in the SEC championship. Really, they all last year. That was a good game. But – um, to stay back on track. I will put it like this. If we didn't get embarrassed by Florida last year, I'd be like, okay, I'm a little nervous. I think Georgia players, Georgia fans, everybody, um, they remember that game last year. It was quite embarrassing. I know we were leading, and I think you lost by two scores, what, 41-28? But, I mean, the score didn't indicate that. We got embarrassed. And I'm thinking this year, like, they're going to come out just punch them right in the mouth. I know the first quarter – it's going to be a little up and down because both teams are schemed well, good coaches, great players. But things are settling in second to fourth quarter, and I think I, I got the Bulldogs, like I said yesterday, 31-14. I think that's going to be the score. I think the big question right now for Georgia is who's going to be the one taking the snaps. And I keep hearing this narrative that they expect both people to play. I just I don't know if that's the case. I mean, maybe if you get a lead and you feel comfortable, you can maybe rotate the other guy in. But if it's a war – I don't see how you pull a quarterback unless he's not playing well in this game. So I think that might be Georgia's Achilles heel in this game as you come in uncertain about who your quarterback's going to be, right? And listen, for all the credit we give Kirby Smart about what he's done this year, and he's done a phenomenal job, and then obviously in 2017 winning an SEC championship and a Rose Bowl, he has not inherently handled quarterback situations very well when he's been at Georgia. So, I mean, just going off that track record, PJ, I'm looking at that and thinking, could that be something that jumps up and bites Georgia where you can't figure out who you want your guy to be through the first two quarters, and by then it's a it's a tight game and you're allowing Florida to hang around? That That's a very good point, and that's one – I mean, we've we've seen that so many different times with so many different teams is the, the only thing – um, the, the only thing that really derails them is uncertainty and having too many, in, in this case, uh, too many good choices, I, I think, there at the quarterback position because I, I think uh, Stetson, Stetson has certainly proved himself and what he's able to do. And, and maybe that's, I've, I've seen the argument everywhere, and I understand it for sure. Maybe the ceiling isn't as high, but you know you're, you're, what you're going to get. You know he's going to be a solid quarterback who's not going to make a lot of mistakes unless he's forced 
to just go out there and throw it all over the place, which I think at the end of the day he has the skill level to do, but can you do it consistently against an extremely good offense uh, when, when if you're down by a certain amount of scores or something like that? Um, with with the other side of things, obviously I, I understand the ceiling that JT Daniels has and everything. So it's we we've seen a lot of different schools, a lot of different uh, college football teams uh, run into this same problem, and it's a it's a weird time to kind of have that situation. In in that case, like you said, I would much rather my coach just say, "Okay, we can do that against." Vanderbilt if we need to like we can do that against a, a South Carolina if we're well, unsure think about of, what happened in South Carolina is you went well, two straight yeah. series with JT Daniels two touchdowns and then you put Stetson Bennett in interception I'm not saying it's Stetson Bennett's fault you probably have seen the same thing if the roles have been reversed where it had been Stetson for exactly. two drives you, and then you try to put JT in it's just there's no rhythm and that game already has a flow to it it's just it's one of those things where you hate to use the cliche if you have two quarterbacks you don't have any but I, if there's one way Georgia trips up in this game, that's what I think it is. And last year, yeah. Georgia was out to a 14 and nothing lead in that game. So you say 41 to 28 final score, that means you got scored 41 to 14 mm-hmm. after you jump out to that 14 to nothing lead. And one of those obviously is Amir White breaking off a 75 yard touchdown on the first play of the game. But then you had Stetson Bennett lead that drive where he hits Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint uh, in the end zone. Unfortunately, uh, Jack Saint then gets injured. But you're out to a 14 nothing lead. And then that's kind of where the wheels started to come off. Stetson Bennett gets hit, his shoulders banged up a little bit. Dwan Mathis eventually has to come into that game. So it was last year was Florida just hitting on all cylinders and Georgia a little bit of injuries, but also just getting out schemed defensively there. So it, it's you're coming, you're zero and one in the past year in this series, right? That that's the the biggest yeah. thing in Kirby Smart's mind. And, and just reading the reports out of Athens, uh, I talked to some people up there that cover the team. It has been an intense week of practice, and some of them were surprised because of what they were able to observe. They are like, wow, they look a pretty good fiery practice, and apparently Kirby Smart was just laying into the team, and I think a lot of that has to do with what you guys are talking about, what happened down in Jacksonville last year. It's good. just it's, it's one of those games where for yeah. whoever the Florida coach is, whoever the Georgia coach is, it is a career-defining game every year down in Jacksonville. So it's a big one coming up. I'm sure both teams are going to be locked in. Florida looking to get rid of the narrative that – they are on the downslope right now. I think some tough losses for them early in the season, but we talked about it a lot this week. Last eight games against Power 5 opponents, they're 2-6 and six with one of those wins against Vanderbilt. So Florida, a lot to play for still on Saturday, and Georgia obviously trying to maintain their number one rank. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll be joined by the man himself, Ben Troop. Preview this Legend Series as we're out here at the Weston Jekyll Island. Just absolutely picture-perfect day. I mean, about 75 degrees out here right now, guys. I can hear the ocean from where I'm sitting. So just a beautiful day. Come on out, hang out with us again. 7 o'clock is when everything gets started. We'll be out here from 2 to 6 broadcasting live. Stop by and say hello again from the Weston on Jekyll Island. Ben Troop coming up next. Uniform source Cam just playing the bangers back in the studio. Uh, yeah, coming playing, to you live from the bangers, Weston on Jekyll Island. Christian Gokel here for the 2021 Ben Troop, Florida, Georgia Legend Series, and obviously it all gets started with the man himself, one Mr. Ben Troop, All-American with the Florida Gators. Just got to remind the people about the credentials. Second-round draft pick, Tennessee Titans. But more importantly, you know, the catch in 2002 is how really all of this got started. Ben, do you think, what, how how long ago, 19 years ago now, Mm. that we'd be here now? Absolutely not. Uh, 
And, you know, Christian, you said something uh, in, the, in the first segment when you were talking about the coaches and their legacy is on the line. I was too young to understand about legacies. I was just trying to not make mistakes. I was doing my best. And if I wasn't going to be the reason why we won, I didn't want them to be the reason why we lost. But, I mean, we was talking to uh, John Stenscom throughout the throughout the week, and congratulations on him being a 2021, uh, you know, Georgia Florida Hall of Fame uh, inductee. He was talking about getting ready for Alex Brown. Well, I was getting ready for Tony Gilbert, Thomas Davis, Boss Bailey, and so on and so forth. So I appreciate – uh, you know, you know, my teammates and the defense being able to hold those guys, you know, uh, to no more points in the, in the fourth quarter. But it's a moment in time. It's humbling. I don't, you know, I, I make jokes, man. But I mean, you you want to be able to say you had something to do with, you know, made a play in this series. I don't. I respect them Georgia boys too much, man. I know I go back and forth, but Christian, you know how it is. Anybody that's ever played football, that guy in front of you is supposed to cast enough fear in you to say, "Hey, man, I don't want to. I don't want to put me on tape. I don't want to be." Hey man, he you know he puts you on the highlight tape. So, two two thousand two will live on forever. And and I don't know how many games have been played at night, but it did get played at night. But hey man, I I I, uh, I accept these things humbly. It makes the trash talking better because make no mistake about it. Win or lose, I'm talking trash. Don't right. think because we won, I'm talking. No, I'm talking trash regardless. But it took me it took me understanding what this rivalry really was when you got you know Charles Grant busting you in the mouth and. You know, uh, Arnold Harrison, a guy that I played against in high school, they say, Arnold, they say I held you our freshman year on that kickoff return, and I did not hold you, by the way. They called it, but I did not hold you. But, no, P.J., Cam, Christian, it is the greatest game in college football, and I'm taking nothing away from, you know, the Red River rivalry or the Egg Bowl or the Iron Bowl. There was something about this game I was happy I made a play. It'll live on forever, but – Shout out to the shout out to everybody I played with and against because those boys made it easy to go out there and be me. Now you got a big one coming up this year. Two teams that are kind of headed in opposite directions right now, at least in perception point of view. I don't know if that's the case in the locker room, but per- perception wise, Georgia number one team in the country got the best defense since Lord knows when. Is yes. what everybody's talking about. Meanwhile, Florida, and we spoke we spoke about this on this show a lot. Three losses in three different ways. Defense blew up in one, special teams blew up in another, and the offense couldn't score any points in another one. So three weird losses, two and six in the past eight Power 5 games. One of those wins is against Vanderbilt. So a lot of people really, which is weird to me, after you come off a season where you're in the SEC championship with a chance to go to the college football playoff, a year removed from that, people are talking about, is there a coaching controversy right now? Can he recruit as well as he needs to recruit? I think this is a chance. I just got this feeling in my stomach. They, they're talking about this too. This is a chance to kill. The Braves talked about killing a narrative. This is a chance for Florida to kill a narrative. Florida, I would say Dan Mullen first, Florida second, because you know Chris is just like I know. Florida's going to survive, win or lose. Dan Mullen, one point five million dollar extension, actually makes more money than Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart got a much better resume. I don't care about the two back to back New Year Six Bowls. New Year Six Bowls, hey, you you had a good enough season to be good, not a good enough season to be great. That's why you want the last one to one the last four teams standing. Dan Mullen understands that while he's maybe is he a better developer of talent at quarterback position? Maybe. Is he a better recruiter than Kirby Smart? No. And is he winning the perception battle? Absolutely not, because that's what this really is, right? You are what they say you are perception wise, because the realities and perception will never match. But yes, this comes down to man, who you know, who do you love? Who do you trust? Who are you? If you love Dan Mullen, go out there and play for him. If you trust these players, call plays, and you're gonna have to figure out who you are. I know, I know, Christian. When you got to figure out who you're going through an identity crisis, and the more the boys matters in front of you, <laughs> that you know that, that that's not the, that's not a recipe for success. But that's how it's supposed to be. 
Florida benefits from the fact that Georgia is going to be one of the number one teams in the country preseason, top top two, top three in recruiting, and this defense, man, Freddie Krueger with uh, with Freddie Krueger with shoulder pads on. His name is Jordan Davis. He will be lined up right in front of the center if you have not noticed. But, I mean, Georgia brought out the best of me when I played. I, I'm going up against some of the best to ever come through Georgia. David Pollock being the greatest of all time. So, yes, Christian, this, you wouldn't want to know other way because everybody talk about I want to play him. Yeah, well, watching him on tape, it's not like watching him in front of you. Yep. And I just think that for Dan Mullen, the barometer is Kirby Smart. For Georgia, for Florida, the barometer is Georgia. And it doesn't matter what you did last year. You won the East, but you lost the SEC. You played Alabama well twice, came up, you know, came up short twice. So we will see, you know, just how good or bad this Florida team is because Georgia, I think they understand that they fear nobody, they respect anybody, but they will take from you everything. And that, and that's kind of what that's kind of been George's uh, mo this whole season. Well, let me ask you this: You obviously play tight end, so you you've been in a lot of offensive meeting rooms, communicating with quarterbacks and offensive coordinators. When you see a team that can get the pressure Georgia does with four, and because we were talking about this a little bit earlier, everyone keeps thinking Georgia blitzes all the time. I think only twenty percent of their plays have they sent more than four. It's just backing guys off into coverage, sending linebackers from the inside. When you can play a team that can get as much pressure as Georgia can with four, because I think that's where a lot of their success has come from. How do you attack that? Patience and persistence. You got to be patient enough to know, okay, it's not going to just happen, but you got to be persistent enough to find the holes in the defense. Christian, PJ, Cam, anybody's ever played defense. When you, every zone has a hole in it. You got to find it. And the hole, the hole you've seen first down, it's not going to be the one you see second down. And take your bumps. I mean, it might not happen for your first quarter. And I think the biggest thing is with Dan Mullen is, man, call plays to force Georgia in bad situations, meaning put pressure on that on that back seven because that front seven is so good, you don't even know who played in the secondary for Georgia. They're, they're that good with that front four, even that front seven. So I would say be patient, be persistent. Call plays and put pressure on them because, Christian, it's just, I go back to the, I go back to the, uh, you know, to the South Carolina game or the Arkansas game, I'm sorry. It's not that you can't throw the football on Georgia. Are you willing to take your shots? Because you do not throw the ball deep to score. You totally throw the ball deep to get those safeties two back up. Because if those safeties are inching closer and closer, because we forget, Florida's coming in the fourth, uh, well, we're ranked fourth in the country rushing the yeah. football. That means nothing. Because you know who number two against the run, which if George is number two against the run, who the hell is number one? I just I just want to know who number Can't one is. On <laughs> but, no, I would, I would just say that this is a barometer game for Florida because you're going to get tested in all three phases. Offense, defense, and special teams. But the biggest thing you're going to be tested is that heart and that mentality. We're going to learn a lot about Florida. If you're going to lose, you got to look good doing it. And if you're going to win, you're going to have to have a heroic effort. It can happen. I've seen it happen. But last year was last year. They, uh, and Georgia is a total different team this year. Well, Ben, just to our right is the round table. And that, that's where you guys are going to be at coming up at 7 o'clock. A bunch of legends from this series. What does it mean to you to be around and kind of just chop it up and talk to these guys about a field that you all have played on. It makes me feel as though I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a former player. I don't do this because I'm being trooped the form of, you know, Florida Judge. I don't – look, I care nothing about accolades. I, I appreciate all of them. I played for none of them. When Carlos Alvarez decided to come, when DJ Jones decided to come, when William McClendon decided to come, when Jeff Chandler decided to come, and D. Webb and Washington Eden, those guys, it lets me know that it's something about me enough for them to come. And it's about celebrating them. This ain't about me. I mean, I'm a table setter. I'm not here to say, look at Ben, look at Ben, look at what we did as former players, but I'm listening to the stories. Interview DJ Jones yesterday. I could be in, I could be talking to Carlos Alvarez right now. We know the player. I want to get a chance to know the person. 
and we get to do it in front of everybody against our Florida fans, Georgia fans. So it is, it is, it is my humble pleasure to be able to host these guys and hopefully they understand that I call it a legend series because they are legendary. I could care less about what you did in the game. It's about having these guys who got a chance to play for these teams because the hardest thing to do is not to go to Georgia, Florida is to get on the field. And that ladies and gentlemen is the hardest thing to do consistently. I'm looking forward to the conversations. And again, it all kicks off at seven o'clock. Three and out will be broadcasted next. You can hear more from Ben coming up. Some awesome guests are going to be on three and out today. Ben, we'll let you get back to work. They got a lot to do. Hey man, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to. I'm starting off real good. Uh, Christian ends up with trash talking. PJ Cam. We oh, no, look, get, we got the we got the scene change behind us. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good job, Christian. Good job. Cr- Cr- Christian brushing PJ into saying, "Hey, listen." So like, I got look. I mean, Ugga back there looking like the principal, like I just <laughs> like I just did something wrong. But hey, man, this is Christian Go Care Show. So whatever the boss say, the boss gets and. Let's get it. Well, three and out coming up next, but we got to get to our pick. So, Ben, we'll let you go. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back live from the Westin on Jekyll Island. Christian Gokel here on second down, getting ready for the Ben Troop Legend Series coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Three and out coming up next. But before we get to those guys, the most important segment we do every single week are picks. And we'll dive straight into them here, guys. Got 10 of them to go through going to start in pj's neck of the woods we're going to start up in the big 10 oh no got a couple of big ones at noon number six michigan is a four point favorite at number eight michigan state pj can you educate us is there a name to this rivalry uh if there is i don't know it i don't care wow (laughs) uh i i honestly don't know i know uh i know like random ones like i think Michigan and Wisconsin play for like Paul Bunyan's axe or something like that, but for for this one, I I don't know. Well, I'm looking it up. But who's your pick? Uh, I'm gonna go with Michigan State. Weirdly enough, I'm I'm staying with my take that Michigan is a fraud, and uh, I think just because they beat Wisconsin, whoop de doo, that doesn't really mean that much. Penn State beat Wisconsin. Whoop-de-doo, you see what Penn State just says. did. So. Uh, I'm going to go with, with Michigan State. I think uh, defensively they're a very good football team. I think they've shown a little bit more offensively to me uh, over the course of the season. So, uh, And it's in Michigan State. They're wearing the all-greens, man. And, and Michigan State's one of those teams that they're they're going to be boring for 90% of the game, and then they're going to win in some weird way like, like the Kirk Cousins Hail Mary or the punt block. So uh, give me Michigan State in this one. Oh, this is easy. Uh now, talk to a couple guys out there. They're pumped up. Go green, go white. I got Michigan State. Um, Mel Tucker's cooking something up with that program, too. So, give me Michigan State. He's doing a good job. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Michigan yeah. State has won nine out of the past 13 games in this series. I mean, this has been exactly, utter dominated. Yeah, we got the KT Blazer sighting exactly. in the back there with the KT Blazer laugh. But, no, uh, it's uh, it's been utter domination from Michigan State in this series. I think it continues. I think Michigan State's the better team. Aiden Hutchinson's probably the best player in the, on the field, PJ, yeah, the defensive end for Michigan. Yeah. Kenneth Walker, I think, is right next to him uh, in terms of best player there. So If Michigan wins, it's going to be because of him just annihilating them, but I, I don't think sure. that happens. All right, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan State, too. All right, also at noon, at number nine, Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road at unranked Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Wisconsin's lost some some wild games. I think you know they've played a pretty respectable schedule, which is which is why they have those losses. Uh, but 
I'm actually going to go with Wisconsin. Uh, me and me and Cam talking a little bit during the break. The 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 number one rush defense in the nation yep. is Wisconsin. Um, they're just over Georgia and having a fan, an amazing linebacker that's all over the football field too. So I think Wisconsin does just enough to win this one, seven to six here on Saturday. <laughs> um, actually, Cam? I, I will actually go Iowa um, on this one. As we talked about, the secondary is pretty good and. They have a tough had a tough tough loss. Was it last week or the week yeah. before? They had a tough yeah. loss though. Um, yeah, yeah, the week before last. My bad. But um, I'm definitely gonna go Iowa. Good secondary. I think they'll bounce back, and I have them win that side of the Big Ten. So give me Iowa. This game might be like nine to three. Yeah, something like that. That's a touchdown and a miss extra point there. Uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking Graham Mertz likes to throw the ball to the other team, and for as bad as Iowa's offense has been, their defense is a bunch of ball hawks. I think Iowa gets some more turnovers in this game. Uh, I think they take out Wisconsin. All right. In a really big game, I think, for both of these programs, kind of a statement game for both, unranked Texas at number 16, Baylor. Dave Aranda's done a really good job with that Baylor football team this year. Baylor is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Yeah, um... It's wild, right? The, the Big Twelve just keeps going with all these inconsistencies, and and normally I, normally I would go with Baylor in this instance, but um, but John Robinson, I I, th- I don't think they have much for him defensively. So if if they win, it's going to be have to going to have to be a shootout, I think. But I think I'm going to go with Texas though, pulling the upset with Robinson uh, going crazy and trying to keep his Heisman race and, and Heisman uh, hope alive. This is a tough one for me. Uh, Texas has been able to stay in games first through third quarter and just blow up in the fourth. I know I'm probably going to regret this, but I think them going on the road, I don't think they're ready. Uh, give me Baylor. i definitely take Baylor. Yeah, I, I think Baylor's good, and they have a kind of an underrated running back out there, senior Aram Smith. Uh, he's averaging just under seven yards a carry this season. I think he has a big game, and I think this defense has a big game. I think Baylor gets a win over Texas, dropping Texas to 500 on the year after everybody got real excited about halftime of that Oklahoma game, thinking, oh, Texas is back every time they're back. Always. It seems like they're not. All right, let's keep moving here. Over in the ACC, Miami at number 17. Pitt, all of a sudden Pitt and Kenny Pickett have kind of become national storylines. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's because they keep showing out and uh, keep going against these teams and, and getting the wins that people don't think they're, they're gonna they're, they're gonna have. And you know, uh, Miami went and, and ended one ranked teams one ranked ACC teams dreams there last week. I don't think they do it two weeks in a row. As I said, I didn't believe in NC State last week. I believe in this Pitt team. I believe in Kenny Pickett. Uh, give, give me, I'm, I'm riding him all the way. Yeah, I, I really like this Pitt team. I'm gonna put that out there. I think they're gonna win the ACC. Regular season and championship, I really do think that. Um, I think Kenny Pickett is probably, if it, tell me if I'm wrong, a first-round pick this year, probably the second-best quarterback behind Matt Corral, maybe third. Uh, I'd have but, Malik Willis there, but, you okay. know, no, I respect I mean, what you're trying to do for Pitt. To, yeah, to each his own, to each his own, but I like I like Pitt. Give me Pitt in this game. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett on the season right now, uh, 2,236 yards, 23 touchdowns, and just one interception for Kenny Pickett. Miami had a big win last week against NC State, but it was at at home. They had some unbelievable plays in the game, but this time they're on the road at Pitt. I think Pitt gets it done, and this one covers those nine points. All right, over in the SEC, this one might be the most fun game of the day. Number 10, Ole Miss at number 18, Auburn. Auburn, 
three-point favorite over the top ten Rebels. Yeah, and and I understand that the defense is is tough there for Auburn. I mean, it's an impressive defense for sure. You got Bo Nix starting to play well, as you guys have been talking about. Tank Bisbee um, uh, feeling better and better, and and they should be giving him the football. I mean, I know this from experience. If they would have given the football to him more up at Penn State, I mean, I think we're talking about a different result and a different ranking there for Auburn. But, um, you know, I think that's that's kind of the hot story and the hot pick right now because of how they've been playing, how Bo Nix has looked, and how Ole Miss has kind of slowed down a little bit offensively. I'm still with Ole Miss, though. I, I, even with Auburn being favored, give me the Rebels to keep on moving and get that offense jump-started a little bit, even against a good defense, and uh, give me Ole Miss with the upset. Yeah, um, coming into this season, we thought they would be elite. Um, I'm taking Ole Miss in this one. I just think, you know, Lane Kiffin, he lost to Bama. Everybody gets a pass losing to Bama, but I have them winning out. I like what Auburn's doing, but, man, if I believe in Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin like I do, I got to pick them in this game. Uh, I think Auburn's going to get it done in this game, guys. If it was a noon kick or a 3 o'clock kick, I'd feel better picking Ole Miss, but it's 7 o'clock at Jordan-Hare. Yeah. This is going to be a massive game, and it finally feels like that, that win over Arkansas, I think, was really big because it gave them some confidence going forward. I mean, you got stomped by Georgia, and that could easily derail a team season. We've seen it a lot. I mean, we've seen what happened since Clemson lost. They didn't let that affect them, and now I think they're rolling a little bit. I think Mike Bobo and Brian Harson feel more comfortable with what they're calling uh, for Bo Nix. I think they cover uh, and win this football game outright at home. So I think Auburn, home favorite, I think it's going to be awesome, and that's going to be a really fun game. All right, number 12, Kentucky. Speaking about weird lines, number 12, <laughs> Kentucky. We all agree that they're a good team. They're a one-point underdog on the road at Mississippi State. What? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that seems like the easiest pick of the day. Yeah, that seems very odd to me. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't get where they're trying to go with that. Uh, but yeah, give me give me Kentucky. You know, uh, while they're not world beaters by any means, I think that defense is is good enough to slow uh, Mississippi State down and give them fits. And I think they rely on their running game. If not, Will Levis will will make a pass if he needs to. So yeah, give me give me Kentucky. I think that's wild. Um, I actually think the line is fitting. I think Mississippi State is pretty good. Um, if you just look at what they what they've done this year, they could score the ball. I mean, but I think, Mike Leach doesn't like candy corn. What in the world? <laughs> I don't yeah, like I candy, candy corn. corn. I don't okay. like candy corn. Okay, but I well, mean, that's why now, now we know why Cam's going. With yeah, it. I mean, I don't like candy corn. But I mean, Will Rogers on the season, eighteen touchdowns, seven picks. So you know they're going to sling the rock out there. And yeah. I don't know if Kentucky could keep up with points, but I'm still going to go Kentucky. I, I just I I will do that. I'm still going to go with Kentucky. I saw them play Georgia pretty well for a half. That impressed me. So yeah. give me Kentucky. I always think the one-point lines are funny because it's just a pick em, right? This basically just becomes a pick em. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think Kentucky wins this game at Mississippi State. All right. Didn't think we'd be picking this game before the season, but all of a sudden it's huge. Number 19 SMU at Houston. <laughs> this is a fascinating uh, football game. Yeah. Only one loss combined between these two teams. Dana Holgerson has got something going on over there at Houston. Who do you think gets it done? I don't have any names to drop or anything like that. Come I'm not, not going to lie. Uh, but like like you said, Dana Holgerson has that big game experience uh, coming over from West Virginia and obviously all the great games and, and teams that he had there. But I'm still going with SMU. Give me SMU in this one. And, uh, yeah. Man, these are the, uh, like a fun game where you're just like, you know what? 
just pick one. Um, <laughs> man, this is hard. I, I will probably go SMU because, I mean, I'm looking at their quarterback right now. I can't pronounce his name, but 29. Tanner Mordecai, the Oklahoma transfer. Mordecai, Mordecai. That's a that's a show's uh, that's a character on the show's name, Mordecai. But twenty nine touchdowns, seven picks on the season. It you don't get no better than that. Uh, the resume speaks for itself. So give me SMU. Yeah, I think SMU gets it done on the road as well. Houston though, really could turn around season for them. Yeah. All right, PJ, I hate to do it to you. Number <laughs> twenty, Penn State. At number five, Ohio State. Do you want to do the Herb Street here where you just you, you don't pick? No, I mean, I'll pick. Uh, 19 and a half point dogs on the road. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm documented as saying earlier in the se- or earlier in the week that that line should have been bigger, and, and I actually still believe that. But uh, just because, I, you know, you, you can't just you can't pick your team to lose by 20 points. You just can't, you can't. even, though, you even can't. if you know what's going to happen, right? So give me Penn State. Let's make it tight. Let's let's go into the fourth quarter with a chance, man. That defense defense is strong. Listen, the defense is strong. They can turn over the football there for Ohio State, especially if they test Brisker uh, over the top, which some people, for some reason, a lot of teams uh, try try and do that a lot. Uh, the running the running game defensively has taken a big shot with us losing uh, PJ Mustafer. Uh, to injury for the rest of the year, all-world defensive tackle. So uh, you'll you'll see some big runs from Ohio State, but. With Sean Clifford supposedly back at 100%, and hopefully none of those plays that we saw in overtime being called ever again, um, give me Penn State to at least cover. I have to actually agree with PJ. Ohio State hasn't played a good team since freaking week two, week two September 11th. Thank um, you. They True. haven't played a good – I mean, their schedule has been terrible. Um, C.J. Stroud hasn't seen a good defense – in what almost two months of football um i got ohio state winning this game but i definitely have penn state covering i think james franklin he's going to be able to dial up some plays get cj stroud confused maybe get an interception or two and actually make this game somewhat competitive you never know they just came off a tough loss you never know but at least Penn State to cover. That's a, if James Franklin, you know, takes the plane ride back to Happy Valley. Who knows? Yeah, he might be at USC. He might be at USC by then. We'll know. Yeah, I was going to say that he was. He had some weird interviews this week, man. Yeah, they were like, he's like, listen, I I love this team. I'm committed, but you know, things are always moving. You know, they're, they're, things are always evolving. Things are always changing. I yeah. wonder how much of that PJ was just like a message to the front office there at Penn State, saying like, you know. Things can always change. Yeah. Like my bank account. Well, I know it's, it's very odd, right? Like he just got a new contract last year, and, and then he got a new agent over the offseason that apparently is becoming mm-hmm. big news now, even though it happened. So like, it's like you get the payoff, you change agents, you're, you're dropping these things, but then you also say things like, yeah, we can't wait to play Illinois in the big house this weekend. Woo! What? <laughs> so Yeah, that's – yeah. That's, Break that one down know. for me. You're playing Ohio State, and you're not. You're certainly not playing them at Michigan Stadium. Right. And if uh, if you want more money in your bank account, maybe score more than 18 points against Illinois. Oh snap! Yep. All righty then. So <laughs> there anyway. we go. So PJ just it's get a weird us spot right off. Now. We appreciate that. No, I think Penn State's going to come out play with some pride. I, I don't think Ohio State has seen a defense this good yet. I mean, if y'all could put up some points, man. Yep. That's yeah, and I know, I know, I know. I'm speaking thing. to a person who experiences this on a weekly basis, but that defense is so good. But y'all have also played in probably the two ugliest games I've watched this season. Wisconsin, Penn State was disgusting, 
and Illinois, Penn State, I don't want to talk about it. It was that gross. So you talk it, about the defense being that good, too. They, they played 90 plays against Wisconsin and still only right. allowed, what, 10 points or something mm-hmm. like that. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, so I, I I love your defense, but man, your offense makes me angry. But I do I do think y'all keep it within nineteen and a half points. So give me Penn State on that one. All right, quickly here, let's get a quick let's get a quick pick. North Carolina at number eleven Notre Dame. I think that'll be a visually cool game. The 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 baby blue against Notre Dame there. Notre Dame's a three and a half point favorite at home. Uh, this is the one of the only times it's – well, no, it's still within one possession, but it's seven points and not three. So uh, give me Notre Dame uh, to to win by more than three and a half. Mac Brown's looking for a big win this year. I'm going North Carolina. I think I think they're just going to get a big win, and why not make it against Notre Dame? I'm with Cam. I, I think – I think North Carolina can score more than Notre Dame can, and obviously that's how you win a football game, but it's just Notre Dame's offense has not been anything to write home about. If Notre Dame does win, it's because Kyle Hamilton makes some big plays on the defensive side of the ball, but I think North Carolina wins that game. All right, finally, the game of the week in our neck of the woods. Number one Georgia against unranked Florida. Georgia is a 13-and-a-half point favorite down in Jacksonville. Yeah, I've said it. I, I think uh, Georgia's going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it going away. Um, I, I think we do see a little bit uh, of that feeling each other out for the first quarter or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, midway through the second quarter, we're going to see our first score of the ball game, but then Georgia's going to start rolling, and, and Florida's just not going to have an answer. Um, so give me Georgia like 31-10. to 10. I think they, they pull away, and they end up winning by two scores. I couldn't agree more. 31-14, Georgia, I'm only thing I'm nervous about is this quarterback situation, but other than that, I'm fine. 31-14. I think Kirby Smart wants to make a statement in this game. I think this is one of those games where you can try to maybe not bury a program but bury another coach. If you make Florida 4-4 four and four on the season and you put up a big sideways number in this one, I, you, you, you're not going to see Georgia call off the dogs in this one. I think you go over 40 points for Georgia. I think that defense is going to be relentless. Maybe, maybe 41-17. I think, I think that's what we see down in Jacksonville. Wouldn't be surprised. I do think it's tight for like the first quarter, and then Georgia just separates because I, I just don't see how Florida does much offensively in this game. And I really like – I think Todd Munkin might be the most underrated coordinator this year with the job he's done with a really injured Georgia offense. So, yeah, give me Georgia 41-17 to 17 in this one. we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back live from the Weston on Jekyll Island getting ready for the Ben Troop Legend Series coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. I believe we have Jeff Chandler has just arrived. Uh, Willie McClendon should be coming here shortly as well. But all of it kicking off here at 7 p.m. We'll be right back right here. On second down. Jekyll Island, Christian Gokel alongside Cam Urshery. Glad to be alongside here with you on this Friday afternoon. Again, getting ready for the 2021 Florida Georgia Legend Series hosted by Ben Troop here. We got Willie McClendon on hand, Daryl DJ Jones, Carlos Alvarez, Jeff Chandler, D Webb, all going to be hanging out previewing what should be an absolutely epic matchup tomorrow and just regaling you with stories uh, from this series history so really excited all of that coming up at seven o'clock tonight still time to get out here weston on jekyll island just a picture perfect day out here cam i mean i'm I'm enjoying a nice cool breeze i can hear the ocean from here uh what's the ambiance like back in the office sounds like you're rubbing it in so i'm not going to give you too much of a scenery update here but 
you know, AC's booming in here a little bit, so it's okay. Uh, that's all I could give you right now, but it's it's fine. It's fine. It's all good. That's like Sean Quinn said. You got some football helmets behind you. You got some Savannah State. I mean, you're an alum. You got some Savannah State pictures behind you. PJ, there he is. Hey, PJ, like I said, I can smell the salt water from here, palm right. trees rustling with the wind. Fantastic. What's it like back at the office? Uh, you kind of got the low hum of silence. Uh, you have... You have uh, you and I mean Cam's always here. We got some interesting, like good, solid conversations going on during the break. I mean, yep. it's it's always good. It feels good here. Not quite palm trees in '75, but we'll, we'll enjoy some of that later. And certainly, in three and out coming up next, the guys right out here they'll be replacing me on the rotunda at the West End on Jekyll Island. Here, they got a great show coming up. Plenty of Georgia and Florida guests. Then, of course, coming up. At 7 p.m. tonight, the Florida-Georgia Legend Series. All that right here coming up on ESPN Radio. Then, of course, tonight we will have Game 3 of the World Series starting at 7 o'clock. For P.J. Zuko and Camera Street, I'm Christian Gokel. Oh.